what was described doesn't really seem like the right move. So I support, I support Dawn <laughs> for the first time ever. I, su- I support <laughs> Dawn. Dawn, you you talking right right now? <laughs> this is a Culture Inject production. Welcome to season three of Part of Us, an Invoke fan cast. We are back, friends. Yay, we're back. <laughs> Before we jump into season three, make sure you follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Invoke Craze and on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. If you have comments or questions, you can email them to us at partofusevf at gmail.com. And as always, please review and rate our podcast so friends it's been a minute we haven't been together since october which is kind of wild um what has everybody been up to since we last chatted um have y'all been what's new what's going on i feel like some folks have exciting updates looking at you champ oh you want me to go first I mean, featured vocalist and interviewer extraordinaire. (laughs) Give us the tea on all the things. No, it's so it's been a really um, um, it was a good holiday, you know, Um, over the holiday weekend. As you got as some of the viewers might have heard or listened to, I got to interview Frank Gatson for the podcast, which was really, really, really cool. Um, It was a very informative and juicy interview. <laughs> um, Frank 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 is a, Frank is a really sweet man. Like he he been in his business for a long time as we all know when he knows his stuff. And of course, all the time he's put in this business, he got a lot of stories. So I literally was just like sipping my tea and enjoying all of the information he was giving me. You know what I mean? All the really cool stories. Um, and so we did get to put a uh, part one on up our YouTube and part two is coming out. Uh, later on in the season where he's going to be giving us a lot of bit more exclusives about Invo. So that's going to be fun. I'm so excited. I got a new job. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I got a job at Warner Brothers Studios. So I work there now. Yes. Um, What are you doing? I work in the security department. I'm pretty much uh, 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 I watch sets pretty much. I'm like I'm like a production assistant, but for the studio, not the companies, pretty much. Um, So, yeah, I get assigned to different uh, productions weekly. I just call in if I want to work and say, hey, y'all got anything for me or whatever. So, yeah, I work on I worked on the HBO show called Winning Time about uh, the Lakers. I worked on All-American. Literally, I worked on All-American today. (laughs) Um... Uh, I literally, I haven't worked on Abbott Elementary, but I work right next to Abbott Elementary. So I see the entire cast every single day. <laughs> uh, and that's really cool. Um, and then another little fun thing is if you are listening to SZA's new album. SZA? Um, I, SZA's new album, I am singing background on the song Gone Girl. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Kill Bill SZA. Kill Bill SZA. Yes, Don't it was kill. literally. I I did that studio session um, 
the same day as my first day of my new job. So it was like working like I had like a 12 hour shift and I went straight to the studio. It was a hard other thing. But since it is for those who are wondering, Cinda is amazing. She's awesome. Um, of course she's you know, a Scorpio. She, okay, she's a, she's a goddess. That body is banging. That skin is skinning. You know what I mean? Um, it was a quick session. Uh, she bought us food, but it was taking so long to come. So we were just sitting around talking to SZA about zodiac signs and astrology and, and love and all kind of things. So it was a, it was a really, really cool cool experience so that's been my whole thing to up to now okay i'm gonna shut up <laughs> well how can anybody top that i know right <laughs> right <laughs> i've been sitting at the house <laughs> just living wow. uh, we you know we all survive a child this rain in california is killing me so I mean, it rains in California and literally, it's like, it just rains. It's not hurricanes or tornadoes, but it just rains. You know, there's all these potholes and people underwater. All the infrastructure just crumbles with a little bit of rain. I just don't get it how we're taxed in this state, how, you know, a little bit of rain just causes roads and bridges to collapse. But um, I survived the storm. We've all survived the storm. In Cal- well, some people didn't. Oh, well. Anyway, um, moving <laughs> on. I got to interview Rona uh, during the break. That was probably one of the highlights. Um, yes. So that is coming. I don't think. Now, I, um, like I heard your interview with Frank are the first part, and he's just very effusive, and he gives a good talk, and the man can talk. Whereas, of course, Rona, you know, she's been media trained since she was, uh, you know, probably a teenager, or even before, and so it's, it wasn't that easy to pull a lot of things out. And of course, I didn't want her to say anything incriminating or anything like that. You know, I never do that. I love her too much, but you know, just certain things like, well, who produced the new song you're working on? You know, it's just. <laughs> she knows how to keep stuff, you know, keep it to her chest. So, um, and, you know, just thinking, like, I've never really done an interview before that when I think of it, or when I do, like, I remember, like, for this class, I took, I had to interview, like, doctors and psychiatrists about a certain subject, and I, I noticed, like, I cut people off a lot, <laughs> so I tried really not to do that, but then I was so effusive with my praise, and, like, a lot of my questions were going too long, so I wasn't very pleased with my job um, that I did on the interview, so you guys will hear that, but she, I was just so, you know, honored and grateful that she even agreed to it, and um, I asked a lot of questions about her book, which she wrote. Speaking of books, JP, has Don's book come out yet? <laughs> It's it's on its way. Oh, it's it's on its um, way. came over the holidays, right? Right. It's it's coming. It's it's you know, greatness takes time. You don't just rush greatness. What do you mean? Okay. Well, Look, when when it comes out, I'm going to read it. I I guarantee you I will. Okay, well, did come out. We're all waiting with beta. You gonna we need are waiting. eyeglasses and uh, <laughs> senior readers by the time that book coming out. Okay, uh, that was so shady. Well, Rona's book is out. Rona's book is out. Saving yourselves, and I asked her a lot of questions about that. I asked her some stuff about the MMC, of course, in Vogue. So you know, you'll hear that soon. But other than that, um, you know, from I guess we said we stopped in October. So you know, Scorpio season starts in October and ends in November. So you know, that was in fully fact i was in nashville for a little bit um you know Ooh. and then i didn't write any country songs though but if i do champ can sing them <laughs> uh and that's pretty much it i was sad anita pointer died i don't know if you guys talked about that but yeah. that kind of bummed me out at the end of yeah, yeah. 
I literally logged on to social media and her her picture was the first thing I saw. I was like, what's going on with Anita? And I was like, yeah, it's sucks. And now Ruth really is sucks. the own, only surviving pointer sister. That's crazy to me. I'm like, dang, all of them are gone. Legends. How you been, JP? Well, you know, thriving and surviving. Um, I don't have any fabulous. <laughs> I don't have any fabulous news to report just yet, but um, I'm excited to talk about what in Vogue has going on. Okay. Yes. MFA JP shot. is the JP is a selfie king, child. I be getting on Twitter. I be like, ooh, come on, picture. <laughs> giving us a giving Indeed. us a tyrus smiles, giving us a tyrus smiles. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Uh, Instagram is more my my place for my selfies. Too. Yes. How about you, Josh? Uh, life has been like kind of mellow, but like I think on purpose. So I I needed a dip. I needed like a a moment. And the holidays, I love the holidays. So I was like into it. I got to do a little bit of traveling. I went to Mexico City for about a week in December, I which love was Mexico nice. City! Yeah, it was much needed. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like 2023 is about to be busy, but uh, I'm trying to just, like, take moments, you know, where you're like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything, or I'm going to go on a trip, or even if I don't have all the coins, I need a moment to be gallivanting around somewhere else. <laughs> so, we'll see. But, yeah, the last couple of months have been good. I'm going to vacation next week. I'm going to Aruba. Ooh. Yeah. But you know what's crazy? Matt was rushing us back to the podcast. I was like, well, dang. Like, it's Christmas. We're getting emails. But we're back. We're back, Matt. We're back. (laughs) We're back. Yay. Well, there is a lot of news that we are able to catch up on when it comes to our ladies. Um, So first up. We want to talk about Dancing with the Stars. So back in November, not long after we were together, En Vogue actually took to the grand stage to perform not one, but two songs during 90s night on Dancing with the Stars. Please welcome your hosts, Tyra Banks and Alfonso Ribeiro. What a man, what a man, and what an opening number for 90s night with Salt and Pepper and En Uh, in Vogue alongside Salt and Pepper opened the show with a performance of What a Man. Uh, and later, In Vogue returned to perform My Lovin' uh, in some interesting outfits. I kind of liked them, but apparently I liked them. maybe some other folks didn't. Um, <laughs> what did you all think of the performances and the outfits? And how do you all feel about them lip syncing to the recorded version of What a Man with Dawn's vocals all kinds of front and center? They did this on the Billboard Music Awards as well. So oh, look at JP think? getting ready. JP got that smile on his face. He is ready. <laughs> ready. 
<laughs> well, let me preempt it first. I would just say that I don't think that's their choice. I think that's salt and pepper. Like salt and pepper is just going to be like, no, like this is how we want it. Like I know they're very controlling. So they're like, you know, we don't want a live track. Like we want this recording to be used. And I mean, it's, you know, it's the original track. So it's not just one person's vocals. It's all of their vo- vocals, all of the original members. <laughs> <laughs> vocals um but i i think it has to do with salt and pepper though that's how they always do it when they perform they never like you know say well when they did it with the roots they had a live band so i was that was the only time though every other time it's tracking that's like i said the mixtape tour it was all track salt and pepper i don't think i've ever seen them with the band in concert it's always a track a dj or a dj playing the track so that's my take well, listen, all I'm going to say is ain't ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. That's <laughs> that's all I got for that. Um, <laughs> as far as those outfits go, I thought they were actually cute. I like Terry's the best. Um, Cindy's was kind of cute. I think it's, hers was giving a little matronly. Like, it, it could have been a little bit shorter. Um, the same for Rona's. Like, it could have been cute if hers was shorter. She's got good legs. I don't know why she's got something knee length. That's a very weird choice. Um, but yeah, if, if, if there's, if Sydney and Rona's could have been the same length as Terry's, I think it would have been really cute. But I like the colors. It was nice seeing them in something different and not in kind of like the same. Um, uniform that we kind of see the ladies in often. And then the hair was different. That was the scary. hair was herring. I was yeah. so it into great. it. It looked great. It looked great. And I, I felt like, you know, I know that they do their own hair and makeup on the road. Um, and I feel like because Terry and Cindy have been working together for so long, they have this synergy where they kind of always like seem to look like, look alike sometimes. Um, so I'm glad that they have like a different, different hairstyle, different color hair, um, and that their outfits were different. Uh, Cindy's outfit, the orange, I'm talking about the orange outfit. Cindy's outfit, I love the best, actually. And I like Terry's the second best. I usually love Rona's outfits the best, but she's my least favorite here. Um, I don't, yeah, she's, I don't like the boots. They're, the boots are cute. But I wish they just would have went with like a cute open toe stiletto, like, and that would have been like a little bit more. Um, I don't mind. You know, well, I, don't I think the, the boots. boots work. The boots work because, like, with with Cindy's, for example, it's giving like that sixties go go type of look. Yeah, but Rona's outfit just doesn't match the aesthetic as much as like Cindy and Terry's. Yeah. You know, like I don't. know. I wonder why There's she went with ostrich feathers versus like the the shingles. I love the color. Orange looks so good on them. I love the boots. But to JP's point, I think everybody should have had two inches off the bottom of their outfits. Mm-hmm. Like, like they, they're not show, they're not costuming enough for me. Like, give me, le- give me leg in addition to all the drama that's happening elsewhere. But they look good. They were giving first lady on Sunday morning. <laughs> like, Cindy and Terry. Very much that. Cindy and Terry are. Like that is how aging should look. <laughs> like it, they just yes. look so good. They look so good. Yeah, I, I can. You can tell that that they go for a little bit more modesty. But I'm just kind of like y'all got the figure, y'all got the body. Just just let it go, baby. But if you know because the boots are so high and so thick, yeah, take two inches off that that off that hem and show us show us some little bit of them thunder thighs. As for that lip syncing, though, I don't really mind. 
like I know it could be a to do to still have Dawn's vocals in there. I just I don't know. I'm not I'm not against it. Like it's it's a feature and not like a like a lead. If it was if it was them, I'd be like, okay, this is weird. But like it's I mean, we, their song, we know they can say it's, it's Salt and Pepper song, right? And I mean, and, and I, for me, I look at it as like a the optimism in me looks at it like a, a nod to, to to Dawn, like, hey, girl, you know, <laughs> hey, or shade. <laughs> no, no, like, 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 hey, she's hey, still thinking, not here. <laughs> like thinking of you, Dawn. We're thinking of you. Well, they were thinking about Funky Divas for the hit course celebrating the 30th anniversary of Funky Divas, which I guess. Was that November? I don't remember. I remember I bought a ticket and I was trying to view it and there was technical difficulties. So I ended up getting a refund, but then they sent a recording of it. So um, hit core, get it together. I mean, I like, you know, that you gave a refund, but if that's your business model, you need to make sure that when people, you know, log in, they can watch it. But I think whoever owns that company is one of Cindy's friends, but there were several surprise songs added to the set list in that concert, including Runaway Love, I Love You More, Whatever, with the original choreography, and songs from the 90s artists like Janet Jackson's That's the Way Love Goes and Tevin Campbell's Can We Talk. And Vogue performed Good as Hell and Leave the Door Open from The Masked Singer. We were disappointed to see them lip sync a couple of songs, particularly the acapella intro to Free Your Mind. I'm sorry, the acapella intro to Hold On and also Free Your Mind. But as our producer says, if any artist has earned the right to lip sync this late into their career, it's in vogue. Does anyone have any thoughts on the hit chorus show? Is it available to stream anywhere yet? Like on YouTube? On YouTube, it has some some clips of the performances, yeah. I know. I posted right. one clip uh, of them doing Runaway Love and... That's the way love goes. I've never seen them do Runaway Love. I saw recently that they've incorporated... I guess this is their new set list because I saw whatever show they're doing in Orlando um, this past week. I saw they've in- incorporated Runaway Love and I Love You More and all that. But I've never seen them do Runaway Love and that's like probably my favorite in Vogue song. So I'm really interested to see that. Oh, really? I thought it was Give It Up, Turn It Loose. Well, you know, it changes. I mean, I'm allowed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Evolution. I don't think, I think I said this on this podcast that when we were talking about I don't know. I can't remember what the topic was, but I remember mentioning that I wish that they had recorded That's the Way Love Goes. And it was so wonderful to see them sing it. It was so, it, and the sort of like transition and sort of the runaway love and That's the Way Love Goes, they just work so well together. That was a beautiful yes. moment to me. It was a great mashup. I was like, "Ooh, this is nice." It, it cuz they're both really groovy. It yep. works it works well for sure. Who sung lead on uh, That's the Way Love Goes? Rona. Rona. So Cindy did her part, Terry did her part, and then there was no bridge, so then it transitioned into That's the Way Love Goes. Rona also did Can We Talk by Tevin Campbell. I forget if that was like preceded the um, the old school medley. I mean, the concert for me, it was not, it was like an intimate venue. So they were performing, I guess, like for the employees of the company or, you know, I don't. 
know who those people were, but it was like intimate venue. And my thing was that it's like the 30th anniversary of Funky Diva. So they did probably do, I know they did, of course, the four that we would all think of, Give It Up, Turn It Loose, My Love You Never Gonna Get It, Free Your Mind, Giving Him Something He Can Feel. I think they did Love Don't Love You. They did Yesterday. So I think that's about seven songs. But what I would have liked instead of like, I Love You More, since it was the 30th anniversary of Funky Divas, would have been like Desire, something that I don't know if they've ever Ooh, done desire. live. And then regarding the lip syncing, though, like to me, like um, Super Bowl, like certain televised performances, I really don't mind lip syncing. But a concert, to me, that's a no-no. I don't think anybody earns the right to lip sync in concert. I think um, if there are vocal issues, if something is too high or too low or you're sick or whatever, change the key. Um, You know, that's my take on it, though. So I know sometimes Terry struggles with the hold on intro because sometimes like she can hold the note for like 20 seconds but then sometimes it's like you know I don't know where it comes from but it happens (laughs) and we love her but I wouldn't wouldn't be mad if 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 they just skipped the intro altogether maybe it's just me but I I would be okay if I just didn't hear that for a while you know like if we just didn't do the acapella at all if we just come right on in when the beat when the beat drops on hold on Mm. yeah so two things uh, so these outfits are not my favorite. The, you know, the Powerpuff Girl theme. Um, I do, I love Rona's outfit because it hugs her body so well. And the way she always puts her braid, that little like, you know, puff thing with the two coming out. I think that's, it's such, it's a look and it looks great on her. But I'm not really a fan of Cindy and Terry's outfits. I, you know, I just, I, I guess I want them to play with different silhouettes. You know what I mean? Because this silhouette is something that they always do. It's, it's easy. You know, when you have a, when you pretty much have a, a seamstress or designer say, Hey, we want outfits in this fabric. It seems like they always choose the same silhouette. So I kind of want them to give a different variety. I would love to see Cindy in a bodysuit because the body is bodying. You know what I mean? And Terry is, and Terry is like, it, it, you know, thick in the right place. So I'm like, I want her to show off that figure. You know what I mean? It would have so been a simple solution. Like, they should, the skirt shouldn't have flared out. They should have hugged their, like their bodies. Like I like everything kind of yeah. from the waist up. It's just the skirt, like, I don't know. There's like Cindy's is like yeah. there's all the sleeve happening, and then you got like the flare at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like we needed a, a, a tight moment. Yeah, it it it. You know, they still. I mean, to be that old, they have great bodies. So <laughs> that old, not to be that. Old. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, you know, I mean, that's not. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> no, but I mean, listen, they are not forty anymore. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, how old is Cindy's? Like Cindy 60? 60. 61. Cindy's sixty. She's born 61. in 1961. And wait, wait, wait. 1961. 60 is the new 40. Oh, that's good like, to know. <laughs> she looks incredible. So I'm like, you don't have to give church mother, but, but maybe that's what she's comfortable with at a certain age. Right. You just don't, you don't want to, you know, be revealing, I guess. But right. it definitely gives matronly some of those outfits. I'm like, yikes. Yeah, and the and the aesthetic of Invoke was always about being fashion forward. So I wouldn't necessarily, you know, uh, always force the idea that they should look sexy. But at just least when you come on stage, I'm like, yes, you better work. Give us a new shape, a new cut, a new color, a new a new (laughs) a new color. I only get that from Rona, and I guess it's because you know she she's 
a bit younger and she comes from a different era than they do in, in a sense she she adds a flair to the group you know what i mean um mm-hmm. so I, I always i always am i'm never really disappointed in rona Rona, but i must look. say we are moving in the right direction <laughs> Because. Right. Yes. 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 <laughs> and uh, concerning and concerning the music, what what I want for them to do now is because I feel like you know I always have ideas <laughs> for them, but what I want them to do now is I want them to get with a musical director, and I and 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 I want that MD to take their set list and elevate it. Yes. Right? To kind of, you know, come up with different, different hits and transitions and different musical stuff, you know, to kind of make the set more fresh and vibrant. Not just the same old, same old, but like, you know, it's a live set. And then to, if they're going to lip sync, to re-record their live vocals you know, for a live performance, like sing things differently, add some new harmonies. You know what I mean? Like it would have been so cool to like for them on the That's Will of Goes mashup at the end to add like some a harmony moment at the end of That's Will of Goes. You know what I mean? To right. kind of transition out of it. I was just thinking of those things, but I'm like, you know, just just to kind of elevate the set because like um, I always reference Dharma Sharp, but I think it's because she's amazing. But Dharma Sharp or not even Beyonce does it. Like Beyonce, you know, she'll lip sync. But those lips, she's lip syncing, she's lip syncing from live vocal. She were pre-recorded in soundcheck. Where is Or Beyonce? in a studio beforehand. You know what I mean? Good child. In Dubai. In, in Dubai. Uh, getting paid $24 million to perform okay. for and one what night. else? <laughs> but anyway, um, so. <laughs> I, I'll tell you afterwards. I'll tell you afterwards. Well. Moving on, back in November, we were treated to two new songs from our girl Maxine, uh, the dance track Colors of the Wind, and the official, uh, the officially released single, Not Your Freak, featuring Big Frida. So it seems people have uh, mixed reviews on Not Your Freak. Uh, one listener wrote, the song sounds like a bop, but there's too much of a racket going on throughout, and Max's vocals are completely swallowed in the production. Sometimes I can't even make out what she's saying. Another listener said, chaotic. Sounds like three songs playing at once. Oof. Another stated, uh, the vocal mix sucks. Frida shouldn't sound as if he's in a separate place and he's occupying the frequency space Maxine's voice should be sitting in. Her vocals are muddy, fighting for audio space on the track. There's a good song in there. It needs to be stripped back. Um, so what are your thoughts on Not Your Freak and Colors of the Wind? And from the from the uh, laugh, I think Matan has a lot of thoughts to share. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let me brace myself. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I have to be honest. I haven't listened to them yet. Oh. 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 <laughs> wow. I'm this is surprising. Not even worth your time and effort. I am. I'm going to. You know what? I have a review the next time. How about that? I, I'll commit to that. Wow. I'll say. <laughs> wow. So, Colors, what is it? Colors of the World is a pass for me. 
but okay. I, I also see something promising in Not Your Freak. Like, I, I heard it and I was like, okay, I think there's like some editing that needs to be done here, but number one, kudos to getting Big Frida on the track. I think that's really dope. Especially like a post-Beyonce Big Frida on the track. Because... <laughs> Uh, Big Frida clearly must really love some Max because this is what their second time collaborating. Mm-hmm. So yes. um, that was really lovely to see. So I'm always happy to see Big Frida on anything. But yeah, there was. I kind of like a little chaos on the track, so I didn't mind that. But I think it was just there was some fine tuning that needed to happen to make it a little bit cleaner, a little bit more crisp. And to the, um, I'm not sure who said this, but the sort of mixing was not there. But I think the song is actually not that, like, it's actually kind of good. I actually kind of like it. I think that the song, the song is cute, but it needs work. One of the things I've noticed of all of the outputs from Maxine that I've heard, or the little clips or whatever, it seems like, I've never, I guess you never really understand the value of like a good uh engineer until you hear like what a bad one sounds like right because when <laughs> when i listen to the song remember the songs that she did with the guy that she was suing mm-hmm. the guy uh-huh. saint james i thought that was the best i've heard maxine on a record in years like i thought she sounded really good just Agreed. the vocals were really yep. mixed well like regardless of whatever if you like the songs or not like just her like she sounded like she didn't sound aged like she didn't sound sometimes it can be like jp you know, a, little, it's, a it's lot of extra vibrato aged <laughs> geriatric what's that? You know, it, can just, it can be giving it can be giving a little out of touch but she sounded like relevant it sounded like current r&b it was really cute but on these on these the last few songs I've heard from Maxine like they just sound like who is in charge of the girls like who is working behind the boards I don't know um and the song Not Your Freak like there's a lot of potential it has a sample that's been used before so it's very familiar it's kind of poppy like there's potential there but it just needs to be cleaned up her vocals need some you know mixing and mastering and whatever you know i'm not a vocal i'm not an engineer or a vocal producer so i'm not gonna pretend like i know the terminology i just know what sound right and what don't right and so it don't sound right it needs some work but i think with the right person on it it can sound really hot like there is there are the makings of a hot song there a great club record in the mix. On the positive, she looks cute on the on the cover. She, does. I mean, she got a little bo- a bodysuit. She's like, I'm not I'm not aged. I'm not old. I'm not gonna be wearing flared out dresses to my kneecaps. I'm gonna put on a thigh high boot and a bodysuit and shimmer for the girls. I mean, I live for that. You know, so kudos to Maxine. Um, I just I just want her to get with the right producer who can you know, properly work with her voice and engineer and work though the magic to give us something that we can really feel. No pun intended. And the visual matches the song. So like she's giving an aesthetic that matches like the song is very like contemporary. Like it's Yeah. 
And that's what I can appreciate because a lot of times older artists tend to be like, well, I'm at a certain age now, so I got to give you an old R&B record. I got to give you a ballad, you know, adult contemporary. Like, I, I can really appreciate that she is trying to give you something, you know, current. It just, I think the makings are there. It just needs to be cleaned up. Max has been looking great as of late. Like, she's been looking uh, amazing. Like, when she posts, like, you know, the gown she's wearing or whatever. She just really, she just is really looking really, really, whoever's styling her is doing a good job. Um, but I agree with everything said. Uh, Colors of the World is, is, I favor that over Not Your Freak. I like the concept of color, colors of your world of the world, um, and I, you know, I love I love dance music or whatever. So I, it was giving me kind. Of, it, I saw the potential, but when I watched the performance, she just didn't seem like she was very much into it, and the camera did not pan the room. So I wonder like where she was performing. Maybe they wasn't giving her what she needed to what she needed, you know. Uh, but it didn't seem like she was very much into the song on that stage. Um, not your freak. Uh, I agree with everything that was said as well. You said it best, JP. Vocal producer. She does have a very old school um, voice and tone, but she's singing a very contemporary song. So it will it will be great for her to find a vocal producer that can help her um, really edit her vocal choices to really give the song what it needs to give. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it happened. It has a lot of potential. I, look, Max, keep going. Keep going to the studio. You're gonna find your sound girl, and it's gonna come out. Just keep going because this is this is what happens. You know, uh, I feel like she's in her. I feel like she's doing like a whole rebirth you know, of her as an artist. And and at this t- point, even though she's a woman of a certain age, uh, this is artist development all over again because you have to figure out who is who is Maxine Jones in this current landscape. Uh, at my age, what is my sound? What is my brand? What is my aesthetic? I'm going to look for it. So just keep experimenting, you know what I mean? And find and find what, what works for you. So keep giving it to us, Max. I'm here for it. You know, just find a different engineer. Please, thank you. Bye-bye. I'm going to say it I'm going to say it so I can't say it anymore she needs to do dance music she needs to go find Steve Silk Hurley or you know one of those guys from back in the day that did those 90s dance records and like make some magic I feel like that is the lane that very CeCe Peniston you know that type of 90s house music like that is in my opinion, like I think that is the place where she is going to thrive. Oh, you know, I was thinking all about the bl- all the. Go ahead, go ahead, you go ahead, you go ahead. I was gonna say all the black house girls need to do a collaboration. All of them, they all need to just come mm. together, do a song together. You know, just do it. I remember she would have done one in the nineties. Like I was listening to La Bouche, Melanie Thornton, and I was just like, Max could have done a song like that back in the day, gone to Europe and did a la da 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 da. I mean, but she could still do it now. But it really would have been cool back in the day, just because you know she might need to go to Europe because whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if um the LA scene. I don't know if it's. I don't know. Get on the flight, go to Europe for a couple of months, and and get with some of those dance producers that can really give you something okay you know, cute. 
But I was thinking yes. about her because her birthday was on, you know, January 16th. So it just passed. So happy belated birthday, Maxine. Happy birthday. Happy belated. And like she shares a birthday with Aaliyah, with FKA Twigs, and Sade. And I'm just like, that's the kind of vibe that she has to me. So if she were to do dance music, I would think something along the lines of kind of that haunting, like remember everything with a girl missing. Um, and kind of the original was maybe a little, it wasn't dance, but then um, who was it Tony? Who was the one who did the remix? It's a famous remixer that did the remix that, and then like, no mercy took that beeper where do you where do you go my lovely what was the producer's name was it tony 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 anyway i can't think of his name tony morales no 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 no. he was from i think chicago i'll look it up but like i would like something like that where it's still like even though it's contemporary like you're telling a story and it kind of fits her voice so she's not out of it like you know what's that other one i know dna is the remix i think it's suzanne vega and she did that song tom's <laughs> diner <laughs> yeah and if you listen to hey gosh, gosh. <laughs> but like if you listen to the original like it's really nothing like she's basically just kind of reciting a poem kind of with the lilt but then like that whole so i guess it's the the remixer i guess but like they the whole the way that it became a hit is basically the remixer so i wish like i don't even think the vocal thing like to me she's just kind of be laid back and let the music like do a lot of the work for her like not even try to sing out too much because i mean like to me like that like those girls they all have the same vibe kind of like shade's laid back magazine is laid back fk twigs is laid back like so be laid back and let the music dance for you but i'll listen i'll listen and see you know if you know give my critique the next time so new music where's it at in vogue <laughs> back in december of 2021 in vogue posted pictures of themselves in the studio but we haven't heard anything since what's the deal i'm ready for it but tan did rona not give you any like inside information on what's going on with that she was like I said she keeps things very tight to her chest because my main thing is like who produced it so I think I might have been like oh can you tell us anything but something like who produced it yeah like who produced it and I still don't know um so you know uh she I just know that I don't think that I know they're working on the music but I don't think they're they're, they're not going to release that particular song based on what you know she said okay and I guess well, I hope it person- comes out like soon because you know you can't let you can't let every song sit on the shelf for years because the sounds keep changing <laughs> so it, right yes she said something so it sounds like from what you're saying is there are no immediate plans to release anything like there's no album that is almost complete like she didn't say anything about that what she said was like um she was like you know how like you get you do something then it's kind of overdone so i guess i don't know if it was overproduced or they added too many parts or something um i really didn't give that meant but then like i saw a, a recent interview i think at the frank gadsen gala someone asked like in vogue if they're doing new music and Cindy was like yes she seemed very excited about it so i mean i guess you know when you hear the interview you can kind of um infer what she meant well it's time for us to dig into some discussion time and yes. uh, so let's start with 
the idea of an Invogue covers album. So during Dawn's tour of YouTube and Instagram a couple of years ago, <laughs> she spoke about her time reuniting with Invogue and the group trying to find a record deal. According to Dawn, Invogue had an offer from Sony to record an album covering hit songs by old time girl groups in the same vein as Boyz II Men did with their Motown A Journey Through Hitsville USA album, which is a tribute to Motown's classic songs. Dawn said that they turned down the deal because they wanted to record new original music and not cover someone else's. And because the people who get who get paid publishing-wise would be the writers of those songs. The other deals that were on the table weren't... The, okay, so Sony had a structured deal, but they wanted us to do... Um, all the remakes from all the girl groups that I mentioned earlier. So yeah. from the 60s, basically, um, you know, Stop in the Name of Love, all the hits from Supremes, Martha and the Vandellas, uh, Dancing in the Streets, um, My Boyfriend's Back and You're Gonna Be in Trouble. You know, the one, and I was like, you know what? That might be good because yes. that might be the only one because we can do it hip hop style. My Boyfriend's yes. Back, You're Gonna Be in Trouble. Something like that. I don't know. Just really redo it somehow and make it really cute. Um, but that's the only song that we read because all the other songs stop in the name of love. The only people that we get that we get paid from those songs publishing wise are the people that wrote them. So yeah. that's why I wanted to turn down the deal for Sony, because we're not going to get paid. How we got paid back then was publishing. Publishing mm -hmm. is everything. <clears throat> excuse me so we didn't have publishing if we're not writing those songs so i was like okay we can do one or two songs but they wanted us to do a whole album of remakes and i'm like no they, they, no no it's not a good deal was that a good move on their part an invoke album covering songs by diana ross and the supremes martha and the vandellas the ronettes the shirelles the dixie cups no doubt would have been a success they then could have used the uh, momentum from that album's success to record an album of original material. What are you all's thoughts on that concept? My thoughts are always with covers. I think you want to be as far away from the original artist as possible. I think it helps in a sense. And I'll give you my reasoning. Like when I think of just like great covers, like I was driving home today and like, Killing Me Softly comes on. And I don't know, like I said, every region is different, but like they still play Killing Me Softly a lot when I'm flipping the channels in LA. And so that was a Roberta Flack song. It sounds very different. I, I heard, I, I was introduced to the Fuji's version first. And when I heard Roberta Flack, I was like, what is, like, it's so slow. Like I can tell that the lyrics are different, but like having like Lauren sing it very soulfully, whereas Roberta was like kind of, I guess what you would call a Del Contemporary, like that was brilliant um you know it's the hip-hop group doing a adult contemporary song and flipping it cindy lopper doing girls just want to have fun a man originally did it and it's like um you know like i wouldn't even know how you describe it like maybe it was punk and they heard to flip it from a woman's perspective and do new wave like and i think that's why in vogue's covers like yesterday works so well because it's like there's no harmony there now you're adding harmony to it like just can't stay away like i know people will be like well natalie cole's version is better and i'm not going to argue that but what i love about in vogue's version is that you know the harmony won't you come close to like that's not in natalie's version so with the girl group songs there's harmony there and you're just naturally going to want to hear that harmony. And I don't think you could deviate too much from that because people are going to want to hear those songs basically the way that the other girl groups did them. Like I know, of course, the Ronettes, they have the wall of sound. So there's all these background singers, Cher sang background on Be My Baby, you know, but like the Shirelles, like you want to... 
I, I just don't think you could do too much with those. So I think it would be better if they did like maybe male artists or rock artists or something like that where in songs where there was no harmony so they could add it. So this, I don't know. It, and um, since I'm just so sad Anita Pointer passed away, I'm just going to say I'm upset that <laughs> you didn't include the Pointer sisters on this list, Matt. Uh, if any song I want to hear them covered by a girl group, it would be probably Bet You Got a Chick on the Side. I think that that probably could have been like with the right yes. production. Like, this is the wrong group of girl groups. Like, I think it could have been, like, the Jones Girls, uh, the Emotions. Like, it could have been that kind of thing, which feels more... I don't know. I don't... I agree. It's a little too on the nose. Like, I wish it was, like, a high concept. So, like, the same way that... um, Even the Boys to Men album, I think, was a little too on the nose. Like, I feel like... uh, this is a really wild reference, but there's a singer, a pop singer named Natalie Imbruglia, who y'all might know from like the song Torn. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She Australia. did a cover album like a couple of years ago called Male, where she basically took a bunch of songs by men and decided that she was going to do um, her version of them from like a woman's perspective or an interpretation as a woman. So like, I think like there was like a concept there. So like it made it interesting to listen to from a different, like sort of, uh, vantage point. Um, same thing. There was a, there's a Broadway actress named Sherry Renee Scott who did an album called men I've had where she did a bunch of songs by men, but like they were like Elton John and these kinds of different songs. And so I think that like, there's a, a, a thing there. I just feel like, what was described doesn't really seem like the right move. So I support, I support Dawn <laughs> for the first time ever. I, su- I support Dawn. <laughs> Dawn, you, you talking right, right now. <laughs> Cause I, I, I would not like to hear a in Vogue covers album of songs, you know, from yesteryear as iconic as they are. You know what I mean? I just, I, I don't think I, I probably wouldn't have ever even listened to the album, low key. Um, unless, like you said, there was like a new concept, like unless you do them differently, don't just do, don't just sing them the way they've always been, always been sung. Like, you know, when people redo Christmas songs, it's like, what are you adding to the song? You're just re-recording something that, that 50 other people have already done, you know? So it's like, unless you were going to give us something different, you know? Turn, uh, turn, turn, what's, what's a, a Supreme song? It, unless like, you can't hurt love was going to be reggae. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless you're going to do, I'm so excited, you know, or do like a, like a, 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 a bounce version. You know what I mean? If you weren't going to give me a different sound to like really be like, Oh, what's this? Then I, I, I didn't want it. So. Thank you, Dawn, for, for, for having sense. Well, I guess all the girls turned it down, so, yeah. Well, I don't well, know if it was for that reasoning, but that's a different discussion. I don't agree with Dawn or the decision not to do it. Wow. I think that at the end of the day, when you look at boys to men, like, at the end of the day, at that point in their career, what, what year was that? Like, 08, 09, 2010? Like, yeah. Commercial success was not on the menu. And I think it just wasn't. And I think Boys to Men understood where they were. They understood the climate and they appealed to the demographic that they needed to. And after they did that album, they went and did a Vegas residency. They toured. They got the bag. And that 
that album helped them. Um, and I think at the end of the, of the day, when you get to a certain point in your career where mainstream commercial success is no longer on the menu, you have to look at the bag. <laughs> and I think a lot of female groups tend to miss that. You can write all the songs you want to, but if nobody is playing them, you're not making any money. So to me, if you have a major record label like Sony, who is willing to give you a deal to do a covers album, you get your money and you let that you turn that into something that's going to be profitable for you. And also, if you look at In Vogue's history as the original lineup, they've always done covers. If you look at the original, the first album, they did Hip Hop Bugle Boy. If you look at, you know, Funky Divas, they did Yesterday. They did, um, oh, well, the first album, Born to Sing, they did Hip Hop Bugle Boy, Just Can't Stay Away. Um, Funky Divas, they did Yesterday and Give Them Something He Can Feel. And what you know, can I do? All- yeah, hooked uh, on your love. They've always done yeah. covers and they've always done them their way. So I wouldn't, there's no reason to think that they would suddenly do a covers album and do it the exact same way that the originals did it. That's kind of silly to think that that's this, what they would the do. The songs that you they've named, always though, done it. they're all songs from, I think, solo artists, unless you're considering Sister and the Sisters a group, which maybe I, that's an argument. I mean, I don't know, but like, well, okay, the Andrew Sisters, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, but it was hip hop Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Well, I mean, even if you think about hooked on your love and giving them something you can feel, I mean, Aretha did it, but also they're from Sparkle, which right, you know, the in the context of the yeah, in the context of the movie, I mean, you know, it was a group. But I'm saying, like, there's no reason to think they would have just done a straight up replica of what you know they did. That I mean, because then we wouldn't be giving them enough credit as artists. You know what I'm saying? So I think. I think it would have been nice to hear what they would have had to offer, you know, how they could have flipped it, you know, like who would have thought they could take, you know, Bugle Boy and turn it into what they did on their debut album. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, they totally flipped that into something different. I I remember growing up, that was like literally like one of my favorite songs from Born to Sing. It was a funky beat that were singing, the, the harmonies were great. So I think that would have been something really cute. Um, and again, at that point in time, they, they weren't going to get a major deal from a major label singing new music, but if that would have done well enough, it could have potentially turned into something else. Um, boys, to, boys to men turned that, that one covers album into a Vegas residency, another covers album. And I mean, they, they know how to get the bag. And I just wish a lot of the other female groups knew how to take their legacy and really make it work for them. I think a lot of the girls think that they're going to somehow manage to get, you know, mainstream success again, but it's not the 90s. We live in a very ageist society. It's just not going to happen. I mean, right now we have Brownstone, who is also trying to do the covers album thing um, right now as well. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a formula that has potential to work. And who's to say that they wouldn't have been able to put like uh, one or two original songs on that as well? You'd kind of be like, oh, here's some covers, but we recorded a new song. Yeah. You never know. Well, you make a valid point. Context, so. Because I listened, I don't know if this is the exact one, but I remember, I think I talked about this before, maybe, but on this particular interview, they had deals on the table. So this was one of them. According to Don, this is one from, you know, an interview that she did, like Matt said on the Instagram tour. So 
she said that that was the like Sony wanted that she didn't really like it because it was covers but she also talked about I think another label it might have been Universal there was a meeting and I don't know like I don't maybe this was supposed to be another episode but like we have to put this in context so she was saying there was a deal with I think Universal and Rodney Jerkins was going to produce it there was a meeting that they were going to like <laughs> you can believe it or not but this is what she was saying like Rodney Jerkins was there he was going to produce the album but Cindy and Terry didn't want to do it I don't think they showed up to the meeting and then they signed the deal with you know who I don't even want to say the you know the the name of the, the that company just because the person is so litigious but so it's like in context like they had offers on the table is what she was saying and that's why she didn't really care for the, the one that particular one because it was covers and then I guess with another label like Rodney Jerkins would have been producing the record but then Cindy and Terry didn't want to do it mm, I don't know I mean Rodney uh, I don't know but I mean uh, I don't know so I mean, cause I, think, I mean, Rodney Jerkins, because I mean, at that point in time, what was Rodney Jerkins ahead of anybody's label to give a deal? I don't think he was giving the deal. I think he was going to produce it. I think I have to go back and listen to the interview, but like I remember her talking about the deals that were on the table for them, and I think yeah, I do remember her saying something about multiple deals. I do remember that. The Warner Brothers deal in 2009, like I said, we had those three deals on the table. Warner Brothers to me was the best deal that was offered to us. Because we were able, we were allowed to shape and mold that deal any way we want. Everything that we asked for, first they presented a whole bunch of great stuff, including Rodney Jerkins was at the table. He mm-hmm. literally came to that meeting with us that day. He was going to do our album. Oh, that would have been Rodney! so great. That'd Dark been great. Child was in the freaking house. Dark Child was there. Are you kidding me? Like, it would have been phenomenal, Marlon. Phenomenal. Because he understands vocals. He's got Brandy. Yes. I mean, he's Michael got... Jackson. Michael, come on, everybody. Like, he could have done this amazing album, even if he did our first two singles. That would have been enough. The structure of the deal wasn't the way that they wanted it to, but but Rough Town, I'm sorry, Warner Brothers was offering, what do you guys want? They were like, we're going to, we can do a play with you all, like a play like, like Dream Girls, but for real, like about In Vogue, about your life story. We can do a movie about In Vogue. Because we're Warner Brothers, hello. And then they had um, the creme de la creme to me, which was Rodney. And they were like, Rodney can do the music for your play. And he can do the music for your movie. (laughs) Does that make sense to you? Like, it it was just. But instead, they was like, you know what? Rough town. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take. Oh, yeah. We got Sony. You know, that's a huge corporation. Ah. No, we're going to turn that down. Warner Brothers, you know what? I know they were offering the world, and, and Dawn is absolutely right. Even Okay, so check this out, Marlon. That first meeting, when we went to Warner Brothers, we knew that we had two other deals on the table. I think Warner Brothers was first. So we went, we met with Warner Brothers, and then we agreed in the meeting. Now, Cindy, Terry, and our manager at the time, Kenneth Creer, was in the room. So movie people were in there, like people that, Usually you have to talk to the people that know the people that used to date that used to date the daughter of the guy who's the owner or the CEO of or the A&R guy for it. But this was the direct people that could green light everything we needed. We we leave the meeting. We decide that. Oh, so before we left the meeting, we decided that now Maxine was on speakerphone because she lived in Virginia at the time. We couldn't make the meeting. Couldn't be there in person. We all agreed that we were going to come back after we met with all the other people and decide what we were going to do. We agreed. Thank you so much for this. You know, we'll see you next week. Next week comes. This was after meeting with Rough Town. I was like, hell no. Then we met with um, Sony 
And I was like, well, this could be good. But then, like I said, we're not getting publishing. So no one Sony, no one Rough Town. We're going to meet with, with um, so here we are the day of the meeting. Cindy and Terry tell us they're not coming to the meeting. I'm trying to get ready. And, and that, I got the phone call right before I left out the door. So I'm like, you've got to be kidding. So I'm calling on my cell phone and I'm driving through the valley, through Los Angeles, trying to get to the meeting. And I'm like, what the hell? So I'm calling, Maxine and I are the only two on the phone. Cindy and Terry won't pick up. I get to Warner Brothers. I turn into the lot and I'm parking and I can see our manager was parked two cars away. So I get out of the car. He gets out of the car and he's like this with his hands like up, like the girls are not coming. Uh, the girls are not, they're not coming. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Okay, so Maxine isn't here. I'm the, she's going to be on speakerphone, but I'm the only one in person. What do I tell these people at Warner Brothers? Even yes. if you don't like what, what's being offered, at least show up because you said you would. Keep your word. I don't know. I just wish, to me, what I hated about that whole situation was that, and what I think is, is the downfall of a lot of groups is that you need to move as a unit. If if half the group doesn't want one thing, the other half likes it, whatever, like, you got to move as a unit. Like, somebody has to agree to just disagree and just move collectively. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, in a group situation, not everyone is always going to be 100% happy. And I just hate that they were just not able to find a common ground somewhere in some kind of situation where, where, you know, somebody could have been happy, you know? I agree. It's Because I... if you got major labels offering you anything at, you know, 45, 50 years old, that's a rarity. I mean, when you just think about all of the opportunities that they kind of passed up, it is, you know, it just makes you wonder, but I think in this, like, if it was just that, like, if it was just the covers album, though, um, I still just think, like, Voice to Men, they were, like, that was kind of, like, their thing. Like, they were an old school group, in a sense, and, and Vogue was, too, but in Vogue is supposed to be, like, to me, it's supposed to be, like, they said in Vogue, like, um, current in the look, current in the music, so to do a covers album... I just don't know if that would hit the same way like a boys to men covers album would have, if it would have done the same thing for them and women. I think what women have is dance music. I don't, I don't think a lot of male, I don't know. Like, I feel like the dance community is something that like, I feel like that's the one advantage that a lot of female artists have, particularly older female artists have. I feel like that's something that they never utilize. And maybe that would have gelled more so than a covers album. I just, to me, I don't, think it would have been grammy nominated or anything i don't think it would have gained traction specifically not like if they did any of the artists that are listed here like it's just too obvious do you guys remember back in the day when like cds were a thing and like they there used to be certain places like starbucks and 7-eleven that used to like sell cds at the counter mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that? I do. Yes. <laughs> I used to I used to think yes. it was so like they used to have like the most random CDs like Nora Jones. Like I never knew a single person who would buy a Nora Jones CD, but they used to sell them at like Starbucks and you know, just at the camp counter. Nora the Jones showed, sold a shit ton of records. <laughs> right, because they were selling them at Starbucks and the Borders books. 
they were selling them at these random places. So I say that to say, though, a lot. What I noticed at that during that period of time, though, a lot of a lot of people that were not getting radio play. They were not getting like the commercial mainstream type of success. They were finding a lot of uh, success in those little niche places. Um, so I just wonder if, if, if it could have worked in that sense, you know? What's interesting you say her because like, what was it? Her big song. I don't know why I didn't come like that's a cover. So that's interesting. But like, my thing is like, I'm not so anti covers. And in some cases, like I said, like, they can be great for you but like if you do the supreme like nobody's gonna want to hear stop in the name of love not sounding like stop in the name of love like their songs are too almost iconic like all of like i mean and that's just me assuming that they're going to do the iconic ones like the ronettes have really one hit um the shirelles you know like their songs are iconic and they have harmony and if you i don't know like to me like if i just heard you know, heat wave or dancing in the street and I sound like dancing in the street. Jimmy Mac and I sound like Jimmy Mac. I don't know. Like I, I, I just think you have to be a little bit more creative with who you cover and why you're doing that. Like to me it's just too obvious. I guess we'll never know. Unless what they're in the rec- like what they were in the studio in December twenty twenty one doing was uh, a covers album. We just shit talked all of this. And <laughs> that's what's actually coming. <laughs> but I would love we would I would love to hear them do the emotions and the the mm-hmm. um the Pointer Sisters and um what's the other girl the Jones girls like well we've yeah. heard that um what was it flowers maybe I don't know if we ever talked about this so maybe that'll be a uh, one of the rare oh, yeah. tracks but. But that was too on the nose. That was too. Well, well that's what that I'm saying. Just, but those yeah. those clips of them when they would be like backstage and they were like, "We're gonna do a quick little cover backstage of the Jones Girls." It was like, "Oh, this is like okay, I get it. Like this feels like right because it's a generational difference there." Like, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I guess we won't ever know. Like, was who can I run to a big song for the Jones Girls? Or was that like a deep cut? And then... It was never a single. Okay. Yeah, it was a B-side. So like that, like maybe if it's like... Because, you know, I am I have limited knowledge. Like, I know like the Supreme's big hit. So maybe there's just like the Supreme song where, you know, like the fans are like, oh, if they covered this one that we don't know, maybe. But I'm thinking like if when people do covers albums, usually like it's not like, you know, like how... Um, like like you said, Escape, that was for their actual studio album. So, you know, but when people do covers albums, it's always the songs that we know. It's rarely, oh, you never heard this Donny Hathaway song that I'm about to sing. It's always going to be The Closer I Get to You or This Christmas. So, um, but I, well, what about, since we're talking about covers, like, what would you like to hear them cover? Like, you know, like, what is there any songs where you're like, oh, I really wish I could hear them, like, flip this song? You keep me hanging on by the Supremes. I would love to hear them do that song. I'm a weirdo. I kind of like, so there's an artist named Betty LeVette who I really love, who's like a kind of R&B soul singer. Underdog. I remember reading about her, all the gossip. She's so good. But she, she came like, I don't know, to critical acclaim, she came back with an album Mm -hmm. after decades, and it was called Sleep to Dream, I think, and she basically covered, like, Fiona Apple and, like, a lot of, like, sort of maybe more rock band-centered folks, and so 
I like that weird shit. Like that's like surprise me, surprise me and give me something I was absolutely not expecting. And that's when I'm like, ooh, I want to listen to this and I want to understand like more deeply why you did this. But that's that's my sort of take on it. But I also would love to just hear them do some of the some of the girl groups we already mentioned. I want to hear them do covers of songs by their predecessors, you know. Um, more more modern girl groups from like the early two thousands up to now. I would love to hear them do stuff like that. Not I'm I'm one of those people that I don't really I'm not really into old school stuff. I'm kind of like oh it's in the past, leave it there. You know what I mean? Um, no shade, <laughs> no no shade. I mean there are some th- there are some old school stuff that I do enjoy that I keep listening to, but. Over, I'd be like, uh, you could, I don't need that. I would love to hear him do like some modern stuff, you know, that I think would be cool. Like some of the songs that we've mentioned. I actually want to hear them record Bills, Bills, Bills. Y- you know, why not? <laughs> why not? No, not that song. But, you know, something. I, w- I would love to hear that. Or oh, maybe I even. Them, I can hear them doing No, 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 like the slow mm. version. That would be cute. You be saying no, 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 no. I no. don't know, y'all. Yeah, well, that might really... be cute. Because <laughs> as much as I love the mass singer, as much as I thought that was a great moment for them, I don't really want to hear them do contemporary song. Like, like I don't want to hear them do uh, "Good as Hell" or. Um, but not con- not contemporary though. But like so- stuff that fits them. You know what I mean. But I would love to hear. You know, or maybe it could just be a variety of covers, not from one specific era, not even from one specific genre. Like okay. maybe uh, involved okay. with maybe involved with do great singing a country song or like doing their take on like Ooh. a rock song. You know what okay. I mean? Like that yes. would be great. Shania Twain, you're that. still the one. You know what I mean? Like, like hearing them do like uh, the chorus, Breathless, you know, or Dixie Chicks or something like that. You know what I mean? They would work or them Shania doing a cover. over, actually. Or them, or them doing like a cover of, pair of, of Fix You. Uh, you know, lie will guide you home. Like, you know what I mean? I would love that. But, you know, transcend genres, transcend eras, but just choose really, really great song that you can, that you can sing. I think what we need to do, because we need to be producers. I think what we need to do is we all need to come up with a track listing for our next podcast of the covers album that we all individually want them to do. And then the best one, I mean, wins. I mean, I don't that know. got me I mean, excited. They, that got me. And we they, they will, will let. Just, they, we, they will have to. They will just have to record what we say. We will let like. the listeners pick the best track list. How about let's do it? Let's do it. I accept that assignment. Period. Okay. Yes. Episode two of season three. We are picking the covers album track list, and you know we'll we'll see. Um, we're gonna let the people decide who has the best track list. Yes, that, that's 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 actually a great idea. And you got to be descriptive. So if there's a certain type of genre, if you want to flip it a certain way, if you want to add a little reggae twist, a little, you know, whatever, you got to describe it, you know, with your tracks. Yes. So we said we're, we're going to have our awesome listeners vote on who was the best. That's going to be fun. And I guess now we'll get into some submitted letters from our wonderful listeners that we're so happy to have. First is yes. Mariana, Mariana and the Diamonds. Hi, everyone. Hi, Mariana. Mariana here. 
First of all, thanks for the entertaining and insightful episodes. I'm really enjoying them and I find myself learning quite a bit, not previously known, like the lawsuit on the whatever video. Good job to everyone from the host to the producer. My question is about In Vogue's amazing choreography. Which are your favorites and why? And why do you think they took out the dance break and free your mind and often don't do the full choreography for their songs, especially for whatever? Thanks and keep up the great work. Thank you, Mariana. A great question, Mariana. You have read my mind because I think the same exact thing. To answer your question, the Free Your Mind dance break is one of my favorites of all time. It just gives me everything that I need, you know, because they're giving me, you know, for lack of a better term, I'm going to be real, real uh, ballroom. They're giving me, they're giving me, they're giving, they're giving me everything and I love it. Um, so that's my favorite one. I do wish that they would do the choreography, you know, more often. But I mean, I understand, you know, sometimes you used to be like, girl, I just want to, I just want to do a two step (laughs) and swing my hair back and forth. So I get it. You know what I mean? When you've done your time, sometimes you, you want you, but they don't have dancers. They are the show. They're the performers. There's not a, a, there's not a a whole light show, you know, with background, you know, it's not, it's so it's like, you have to be the show. So if there's choreography, give it to us. Cause, cause, um, no shade to anybody, but I don't know how much more I can get the, get the, the two, the two step snap, you know, the, Come on, y'all! Put your hands up. All right, what is this karaoke? No, baby, you give me a performance, okay? I paid, I paid eighty dollars for this ticket. Give me a performance, okay? <laughs> you gotta pay extra for the choreography. Is is really what it boils down to? Well, Cindy, be doing. I don't know. Like that's what my thing. It's like some of the stuff it doesn't need choreography, and then some of the, the songs were like the choreography was so prominent. Like put it there, like. Um, like when they do, I wouldn't mind some portions where if they like kind of sat in stools and harmonized. Like I think if you remember when they were like, uh, they were going to do just can't stay away. And I think part of me, they were produced, they were like rehearsing it, but then they were like, that would slow their show down. Like I would actually like that. And then put the choreography where it needs to be put. Like, I know you asked about our favorite choreography, Mariana, but I'm just going to tell you some songs where I was like, why is there even choreography to this? Like, um, no fool no more and too gone too long like to me it just like I don't even see why they, they needed to be choreography that's why I what I loved about the rocket video was that there wasn't any because it was just like you know just be natural and you know just give your natural stuff and kind of flow with the music so I I guess what I'm trying to say is I could do with a less choreography but then where it could be a kind of like a crucial moment like a kind of to punctuate something like free your mind put it in there so you're not tiring yourselves out but they like are doing steps from start to finish which to me you know kind of probably wears them out sooner it's always gonna be the whatever choreo for me I do always. love that mm-hmm. and I will always do that little that little shimmy that little hip thing I, like <laughs> I do that during the day on random days of the week so yeah it's always gonna be whatever for me and the choreography in the video like some of the stuff I've never seen them do live like when they were kind of did that walk where their hands are kind of touching each other and they yes! throw their hair back I wish we could see the full choreography so bad for that one 
Like that's when I don't mind you lip syncing when you're doing full choreography. Like you know, then you know you could just yes. like I wouldn't mind at all. Thank you, Mariana, for your question. Thank you, Mariana. And now we got a long. Who is this? DT. How long? No, it's Justice. Oh. Justice. It's our hey, friend Justice. Justice. <laughs> He he's he's our he's our uh, unofficial fifth co-host. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, Justice Jackson he actually sent us this, this uh, letter after our season two finale. So thank you, Justice says. Um, thanks for the shout out. We did give him a shout out. I love y'all. This Aww. was a great way to end season two. Maybe I can do a guest appearance one day. Lol. Well, this letter I'll, is. Call back to you, being This letter <laughs> is a guest appearance. Okay. This this letter is this letter is his official it's an audition. Interview. It's an audition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, Justice. Okay. So he said, "OMG, I'm so excited. I really hope the biopic ends up happening. These ladies deserve one." Interesting casting choices, you guys. I love them. I do agree with, I believe it was JP who said Fox seems like such an odd network to take it to. Okay, you failed the audition. You failed the audition. I like you, Justice. You make sense to me. (laughs) Justice continues saying he's glad that it wasn't Lifetime or TV One, especially TV One after that Bobby DeBarge mess. I'm done with them. But I really was expecting BET to grab it because they did a good job on New Edition Story. This is very true. I agree. So, uh, Justice is giving us his fan cast for the biopic. Um, so, here's, here is his potential fan cast. Cindy, he cast Candace Patton from CW's The Flash. I'm not sure if she sings, but facially, she really does favor Cindy and gives me Cindy's vibe. She's my top Cindy pick. I do think on the vocal tip, Alexander Ship would fit for Cindy as well. She won't, but uh uh-huh. All right, he's really on the JP bandwagon. Uh, Justice, (laughs) don't bring sand to the beach. Don't bring sand to the beach. (laughs) My friend Justice continues and says, uh, for Terry, he sees Chloe Bailey. Um, I actually see, actually see Chloe more as Terry than Max. She has those doe eyes and is very curvy like Terry. Plus, if they were to have the actresses sing the songs themselves, Chloe would absolutely body Terry's part. Um, she's a very similar belting range, in my opinion. Maxine, I have like two choices for Max. Initially, Tati Gabrielle from the Netflix show Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. But my top pick for Max is Shantae Adams. She gives me more Max rather than Dawn. I have no idea who any of those people are. That's what I'm saying. Go off. Like, this is going to be. You know who Shantae Adams is. Shantae Adams was in, um, she was, uh, in Roxanne, Roxanne. And... She played Roxanne, Roxanne. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I can see that. Okay. Well, I know Tati Gabriel, and I love Tati Gabriel. No, but isn't she like plus? I mean, plump or no? No. No. She was also in the film with Michael B. Jordan, where he was. Oh gosh, it was like he came home from war or something. Oh, for the love of Jordan. Yeah. Journal for Jordan. Oh. Yeah. Journal for Jordan. But where are the big names? We need big names to get big viewers, a big budget. I think. I mean, well, well. I mean, if you got 
Uh, like if you got like me, Tati, if you got Zendaya, Gabriel, they gonna throw money at Zendaya, Critics Choice Award winner, uh, Emmy Award winner. Zendaya is booked up through twenty twenty six. She is not. <laughs> Zendaya she is isn't starring in coming in the, in to the Fox. It's not happening. She is an A list actor. No shade. She's an A list actor. Um, I mean, look at the woman who played Winnie Houston. She an A list actor. You know what I mean? They, they're looking for up and coming stars. So, but I love Tati Gabriel. I am a fan. She was on Sabrina and she was amazing. She was in the, the Uncharted movie with, uh, Tom Holland and she is in the new show, um, um, on Netflix. People coming up with all these names and y'all know they gonna do nothing but get somebody from a Tyler Perry show who getting paid, uh, on Popeye's chicken meal. Oh, no! Stop sticking that into the ex- into the existence. No, I mean look at look at who they cast in a new edition biopic. Those were some relatively unknowns, and they did great. They I'm did great. It's not gonna, it's, they're not going to be no names. They're going to be some random people that from a Tyler Perry project that get paid a chicken snack and uh, free lodging. <laughs> <laughs> The little boy from Stranger Things was in a new edition. The little, see, no, no, any name What's his name? Right? We have to six. Caleb McClendon. Six degrees of who is that? No. Stranger Things is one of the most popular shows on TV. But who is, is, is he, uh, you know, does he have. He's 12. And he was in the movie for five minutes. Ooh, I said McClendon's name was Caleb McLaughlin. See, that's what oh, I'm sorry. saying. Like, yeah, who are I don't these know, people? <laughs> Wait, we gotta finish. We gotta finish. Hold on. Rona, Keandra Richardson, she was on Empire. She probably was like an extra or something. Okay. <laughs> She's also from Chicago, like Rona can sing. Okay. I don't know who that is. Don. Don was very hard to cast. I have two picks. My first pick is Harazon Guardiola from The Get Down. Um, okay. Well, like, where did she appear when, like, the credits came up? Was it like 20? 20- no, she was. I think she was the female lead. If you watch the Get Down, the Get Down we was think, great. We think she's such a big star, you know. She gives me Don's attitude and vibe. Wait a minute, that 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 young lady is of Hispanic she heritage. She is justice, justice, justice. Now, how that fit? What's going on? See, I knew something was off. Okay, um, let's get let's get to the Rona casting. Oh no, no, okay, okay, no, no, no. Keandra Richardson, she she is she is a new actor, but she's mainly a singer, and she can sing her 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 butt off. She actually did Coachella with Beyonce and a couple other stuff with Beyonce. Was she a background so she can singer sing. in the background? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, well, where else would she, she be with Beyonce? Like she where, was featured. Like, um, what I'm saying is, I'm saying where else would she be with Beyonce? She's not gonna sing, be singing beside her. She's not in a group. She ain't his child. But I'm, but I'm saying that I'm saying it because I feel like he cast her because she, because of her voice, and she actually can sing really, really Did well. She She's look awesome. like Rona. She gives she Actually, gives Rona. She's on a show called Kingdom Business with Yolanda Adams. 
Yeah, she does. She's she's not she's not the See, greatest. See, what you all are witnessing is that there is a discrepancy in our criteria. Mm-hmm. We are, some are looking Very at much. some are taking into account voices. Some are looking at looks only. Some are looking at star quality and star power. We are all operating with a different set of standards here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> well, I don't need them to be able to sing because I only want to hear the original. That, voices, I agree with that. Nothing Same. like the real Same. thing. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I guess I got a little caught up because, you know, for the Clock Sisters biopic, the women actually sang and they redid the music. So, but I understand it's like, no, let's just have their voices just act. So I guess it's best to find actresses. But he's picking people that aren't even black. So, um, <laughs> wait, no, we gotta dig back into Dawn. Can we finish the Dawn one? Because I need to know who the rest of these people are. <laughs> just as we are eating up, we are eating your fan cast up. <laughs> Don was very hard to cast. I have two picks. My first pick is Harrison Guardiola. Now, who is that from the get down? Okay, so Josh, you said she was like a lead on the get down. Is she a woman of color? Is she a black woman? She is she, Hispanic. I, I don't know if she is Afro-Latina, but I do believe that she is self-identifies. And, she and her black. character on the show, I believe, was Latina as well. This but is, anyway, moving so on. Funny. <laughs> okay, and then uh, my second... Oh, so he has multiple picks. My second pick is an actress named... Azaria Simone. She is also a singer. She's currently on the Pretty Little Liars reboot. Pretty Little Liars original scene. Is she the star of it or is she just on it? Does anybody know her? I'm looking at her and I mean And Google is like, no. It's I can see her. I mean I can okay. I mean she black. At least she looked black. She's real <laughs> She's still relatively new on the scene. She favors Dawn to me, and I can see this being a big role for her. Well, of course it is if she ain't been nothing else. I also had play with the idea of Jordan Sparks. Oh, no. You know, Justice. Jordan Sparks says Dawn. Jordan, bye. Let's just skip the rest of this letter because we're not casting Amanda. Sorry, Justice. You're doing too much. So just no. so Justice also casted Amanda, which some of us I believe skipped over in our All casting. Of us did. <laughs> um, so for Amanda, Justice says, I actually I actually took the liberty to fan cast Amanda. Because sis deserves a mention, even if it's brief. LOL. My pick for Amanda is Caitlin Nickel. She uh, she's known for playing Simone on the BET show American Soul, and she's an incredible singer. For Thomas McElroy, Justice says Major. He starred on Star, and he's an amazing singer. He's known for the song "This Is Why I Love You." Known by who? Now I know. Hold, now Major I know sings. Major personally. I know Major personally. He would he would body this role. Okay, well I don't want to talk about about nobody's friends. Okay, yeah, don't don't talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> so for uh, Denzel Foster, um, Sinqua Walls, he played Sean. No, Sinqua. Is he one of the, he he one of the walls? walls. Ch- uh, children. No, no. Uh, he was on that okay. show Power. He got killed. Um, fifty. He played Fifty Cent's son on Power. Child and 50 Cent he's part of the Walls him. group. Anyway, okay. So him. He played right now. He plays Don Cornelius on American Soul. That show got canceled. I'm pretty sure you said now. Did it get canceled? That show ain't been on for two yeah, years. Like, that was pre-pandemic. 
<laughs> oh wait oh really oh child i'm i'm all off. um justice justice, justice 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 goes on to say those are my picks so far i'm beyond invested at this point lol i have been coming up with potential fan casts for years so i hope this comes to fruition as for glamorous it's not my favorite but i don't hate it if you're not big on Euro pop R&B, you wouldn't like the song. But as for me, I do listen to a lot of Euro singers, so this was right up my alley. I do agree. Rose slid on that song. I do wish there was just a solo in Vogue version. I would have loved to hear more songs with uh, from that EV4 lineup. I can't wait for the next season again. Congrats on the success. I wish nothing but more success for your uh, success your way for the podcast. P.S. The next song y'all need to dis- dissect is Loving You Easy from the Deliver Us from Eva soundtrack. Was that song recorded with Amanda? I need y'all's opinion on it. Until next time, peace. Thanks, Justice, for the long and lengthy and wonderful letter. <laughs> Trying to compete yes. with DT. Even though, even though we ate you well, even though we ate you well, I'm sorry, that, that was, we gotta have justice on here to, to defend themselves, okay? Okay, <laughs> we do. He's being charged with who the hell is that? <laughs> You're being okay, charged with negligent, look, negligent, cast. look, most of most of biopics they don't really cast like A-list stars. It's always right. an up-and-comer or a B or C list. So Justice because got the assignment right in that regard. We, I guess I guess next time, if ever we fan cast again, if you want to take another crack at it after we research some <laughs> actresses, Vogue, the we all should, we all should, put, we all should say what our criteria was. You know what I mean? We're going to go into our next segment, which is Rare Tracks. And it actually is the song that uh, Justice suggested, Loving You Easy, from a Deliver Us from Eva soundtrack, which came out on December 31st, 2002, produced by Denzel Foster and Thomas McElroy. And it it contains a sample of Tonight is the Night by Baby Wright. Now, he said to dissect it, but we just going to poke it a little bit. (laughs) We just going to poke it a little bit, just to make sure it's dead, you know? story from way back when it was a day I remember back in the beginning Ooh, yeah. remember kissing after dark walks through the park show up at the mall or watch you play uh, now the funny thing is so when I listen to the track it, it's not my favorite, but it's very catchy because even when we got on our call today, I was still humming it and I had listened to it 20 minutes later. So it's a, it has very catchy harmonies, uh, very catchy oohs and ahs or whatever. Amanda sounds great on it. I, I know I don't give her a lot of credit for her stint in In Vogue, but Sis is beautiful and Sis can sing her butt off. So I will say that. Um, so she sounded great on the on the, on the track or whatever. Um, so um, I, I, I give it a, I give it a, a, a B minus. You know what I mean? It gets a good grade. It's not my favorite track, you know, but it, but it's it's a good track and they sound good on it and it's very very catchy. It sounded like a sleigh ride to me. I didn't like it. 
Um, I love Betty <laughs> Right. I mean, it did. Did like, you say a sleigh ride? Yeah, like that's something I could see, you know, like a reindeer pulling it. Maybe that should have been on the Christmas album and they could have, you know, you know, had some kind of Santa reference in there or something. It's just like those songs where it's like really no bridge, really no hook, really no progressions, really no chord changes, really no bridge, really it's just stays on that same line easy coming easy come daddy out there loving you easy like sunday morning easy like and nothing ever happens throughout the whole song now that betty wright sample i love it like betty wright is a queen r.i.p i love one color me bad had it and they put the tiktok you know stuff like that's how you sample betty wright i don't i i just didn't like loving you easy um shout out to amanda though Wait, and I, wait, let me just say this too. I find it funny that he has to ask if he's on the record. That just proves to me that, you know, like, that, that voice doesn't really stand out. She's a great singer, but it's just not like a voice that just kicks. I mean, he asked, he said, was that song recorded with Amanda? Like, he's asking, like, why would he have to ask if he could, you know, tell who she was? That's all. You talking about me when I no, asked. Justin Jacqueline, he said, was that song recorded with oh. Amanda? Like, why would someone have to ask if, you, you know, she had a voice that didn't... Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I think this song is cute. It's cute for, like, cleaning the house on a Saturday morning. <laughs> you know, you just clean it, go, hurry up, up. What's the what's yeah. the thing from Martin where she's like it's cute for a little like a yin yin around, yin the around the house you know I mean it's cute it's fine it's you know I could take it over a lot of electric cafe that much is to be sure I would take that Hold up. you don't have to drag electric cafe <laughs> I mean I can take that over a lot of what I heard on electric cafe you just like so the Betty Wright we... sample because that sample was I don't know maybe so maybe they just need to sample things I don't know but. But we regressed somehow in the conversation, you know, throughout the the journey. But I mean, it was fine. It was cute. It was cool for what it was, but it wasn't all that. But I can listen to it. Um, it, you know, buddy up, buddy up, buddy up, buddy up, buddy up. you know, mopping the kitchen floor, buddy up, buddy up, buddy up. <laughs> oh my cleaning, cleaning my bathtub, buddy up, buddy up, buddy up. <laughs> Wiping down my windows. <laughs> I can't stand y'all. I can't, this podcast is over. It's got a little groove. It's got a little groove to it. You know, you know it's fine. I can take it out my trash. <laughs> buddy up, buddy up, buddy up. You know, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at it. You know, sometimes you need no, but for real, sometimes you need songs that are just unoffensive. So it doesn't offend me. I'm not bothered by it. There are some songs that they've recorded that I'm honestly bothered by. It it offends my very nature as a human. Some of those songs that they recorded as of late. That is you know, this song isn't one of them. So you know, for that reason, I think I might re-add it back into my repertoire. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I think the sample is cute. I think it's, I mean, honestly, I feel like by, what is this, 20, 2002? 
like soundtracks were kind of i mean the 90s were such a beautiful era for soundtracks and everybody mm-hmm. had the soundtracks everybody knew every song on the soundtrack by the time True. we got to the t- early 2000s i feel like people weren't really buying soundtracks anymore so for that reason i don't know that the effort was being put in to make as memorable of a soundtrack to accompany a film as it was during the sort of waiting to exhale era all these other sort of things so it's fine for what it was for and they sound amazing and i think a betty wright sample is always welcome in this house stream part of us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music youtube and most of your other podcasting apps for more in vogue related content you can find us on youtube facebook and instagram at in vogue craze and on twitter you can find us at part of us fancast if you have ideas interview requests comments questions email them to us at part of us evf at gmail.com Thank you to the fabulous friends and co-hosts on this call. And we will see you next episode where we maybe share our uh, cover have albums. Your, have your track list ready. <laughs> Baby, I'm coming, I'm coming for with war. it. I'm coming, I'm coming with it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This episode of Part of Us at Invoke Fancast was researched, written, produced, and edited by Matthew at Culture Inject Productions. The intro and outro music was produced by Wolves and Vincent Tone. We're more than just a podcast. We're a fan community. You can keep up to date on Invoke and chat with other fans by visiting Invoke Craze on Facebook. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Invoke Craze and Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. Part of Us and Invoke Fancast is not endorsed by Invoke, E1 Music, or Invoke Records and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Invoke and its names, images, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of the respective copyright holders. Can somebody sing it one more time? (laughs) Clean in my oven. (laughs) And that's a wrap on (laughs) part of us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't. I gotta. I gotta start recording now. I'm gonna start recording. <laughs>